Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey everybody and welcome back to episode 5 of your favorite podcast G.I. Joe experience program about the cartoon show Knowing is Half the Podcast. Uh, I'm Ray Stacanus. The hell was that? It was terrible. <laughs> Jesus, did you just... What? What happened to your mouth? I believe that we call that coming out word salad. None of that made any sense. Listen, okay, here's the deal. You've already listened to the first four episodes, we can assume. Yeah. You know what this show is. I was going to say, if you're, if you're confused now, you're probably not going to get it anyway. Yeah. It's a podcast, which means you've already downloaded it, and it's about the cartoon show G.I. Joe, and this is episode five, where we wrap up the Pyramid of Darkness. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm Robert Chan. Gina Ippolito. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm still raised to Canis, although right now I wish I wasn't. <laughs> and or don't we all? <laughs> well, thankfully, only I have to live with that burden, Chan. <laughs> and your wife. Well, close enough, yeah. <laughs> so episode five is called Nodding Cobra's Coils. I liked that title. It's I thought it was a title. good title. Yeah, I'm with that 100%. I heard that, and I was like, so you grant in this? It was like Nodding Hill? That's what it sounds like. That's a Notting Hill reference. It is a Notting Hill reference. Cheerio. I'll take out the Baroness today. I'm not going to lie. I love Hugh Grant. (laughs) I think he should be in more shit. I I feel like if he were playing the roles of Tomax and Zamot, this thing would be an A plus winner guaranteed. But hearing you say you wish Hugh Grant was in more shit, that's sort of like a person 10 years from now saying they wish Chris Chris Pratt was in more shit. Like, it would feel weird 10 years from now or 10 years ago if you were to actually say, boy, I wish that Hugh Grant would catch a break somewhere. Man, every time I watch Love Actually, I'm fine with it. I mean, everyone loves love, actually, I feel like. Oh, the, no, I it's don't, turned. I don't opinion know. Is public opinion. Well, I don't now know that because that's they, true. Because they, they, released, they, they put out all the, those things and people realized, oh, this is not good. Kind of like the Revenge of the Nerds thing. Like, wait a minute. There's that a guy's ring. raping that girl. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. 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 Or Animal House. It just doesn't work. I'll still watch any of those movies, but then afterwards I go, ah, oh, that was good. Oh, except for that rape. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's the rape count on G.I. Joe? So far, we officially have zero, but Gina's, okay. you know, she's been looking as if there's a couple yet to happen. I mean, I, I feel like Chan's brain gets raped every time he watches one of these episodes. <laughs> I mean, I think severely fair. molested at <laughs> at the very least. At least your childhood is at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, see, this is different, whereas like Michael Bay takes something that I love yeah. and, and, and ruins it. This is me uh, taking something that I love and realizing that it... It's not the it's not the sh- it's not the program's fault. 
It's my fault for ever being that fucking stupid. <laughs> now, when you say stupid, I'm sure you mean like filled with wonder. That no. is, no, I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, then let's just get right to the episode, everybody. The Pyramid of Darkness is up. The fourth cube has launched. And uh, what I really appreciated was the opening sequence explaining us all the ways that we got to the point that we're at right now. Uh-huh. So it's like, and then this happens, and the fatal fluffies are there, and then the cubes get launched, and then there's darkness everywhere, and then Alpine, Quick Kick, and Bazooka plummet to their deaths. Dun, dun, dun. Here's the episode. It made you realize how much happened in those previous episodes and how insane it all was. It's almost like you could spend four hours up to this point talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> with with a group of friends. I'm just saying. Uh, and that's edited, mind you. And that's, that's cut, cut down. down. <laughs> that it's, is an absolute It started fact. at nine hours an episode. <laughs> an episode. <laughs> yeah, an episode. We literally do 24-hour recording marathons <laughs> per. Hey, can anybody explain to me why there's so goddamn many, A, why there's so goddamn many trouble bubbles in that plane. Uh, yep. B, why anybody would... Given that there are plenty of trouble bubbles, like like four to every human being on that plane, why anybody would parachute out of that thing? I was wondering the same thing. I was pretty, I was pretty perplexed that. I mean, first of all, the fact that their cargo cargo just happened to be trouble bubbles, just chock full, like that. That's some some lazy, some good fortune, lazy writing there, writers. (laughs) It's almost like they were a bunch of stoner guys (laughs) (laughs) trying to get to lunch very fast. To be fair, before we even get to that point, uh, G-forces seem to work differently for different people and cause different effects because Quick Kick is absolutely like stuck to the back of the plane and can't move at all. Bazooka is slumped forward on the control panel and then just sits up, pulls it back, and then slumps forward again. We did discuss this in the last episode. We did. They're on opposite sides of the walls. (laughs) That is correct. Flung, yeah. But Bazooka can absolutely just fight through those G-forces. Sure, because Naturally. he's too stupid to know better. No. <laughs> he, nobody taught him the science, law of gravity. Science so. doesn't work on him. You do, <laughs> science can't work on you if you don't understand it. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fair. That's probably true. So uh, this is the other point. Before uh, uh, they, they launch out with the trouble bubbles very heroically mm-hmm. is the fact that Quick Kick pulls out a laser rifle and then carves a hole in the top of the plane. Yes. Guys, laser rifles do something. Yes. Who can believe Excellent it? Excellent blowtorches. Yeah. He, not only Which explains why they're not very good long range weapons. Right. They're even hitting you, and you're just like, well, you just shot uh, like a, a hot flame from like <laughs> 600 yards away. Ow. Of course, it's not going to hurt. I'm mildly inconvenienced by that laser blast. It gives you, a, it gives you an itchy sunburn after a couple days. <laughs> but at a close range, these things will cut you in half, man. This is, That's I mean, true. This is, it I mean, can cut sure. through metal. Cut through metal. Yeah. And also, the metal will bend back just because. Just because. <laughs> well, that's, that's how they build uh, I can explain that. Simple Science. physics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because the plane is moving. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. when the hatch opens, it would pull back because oh, of this thing G-forces. we call wind resistance I and see. also uh-huh. G forces. Yeah. <laughs> so that wind, wind resistance, resistance is that pushing back belt. like four inch thick <laughs> yeah. steel. They can bend Guys, metal. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit to me. Uh, you wouldn't. The, uh, this next scene was one of my favorites so far. <laughs> when they go back to when it's when it's back at Joe Joe headquarters. No, Joe headquarters. yeah, yeah. Headquarters. They're back at Joe headquarters, and the guy goes nuts. <laughs> and, then it, and then there's just so many good lines in this in this stick your head in a bucket and rust your face off yes sounds like my pappy's ranch at 
feeding time. Feeding time. Yeah. Can't run a 20th century headquarters on first century technology. All of this is just, I mean, this is well written is all I'm trying to I say. I mean, there's, there, there was just one guy that really, really, he drank his coffee that morning. He was like, oh, cracked his knuckles, sat down to write a bunch of one, one-liners. <laughs> so we open with Cobra Commander and the Crimson Twins now threatening. Uh, they, they've released this signal. Mm-hmm. They've shut down the Pyramid of Darkness. So that way, this answers a question from earlier. Why is he recording a bunch of stuff? Uh-huh. If the only plan is to then turn around and turn off everyone's electricity. So he says, you will, in seven hours, you will give up the world to me or I will strengthen, intensify the strength of the Pyramid of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Isn't it already max strength? I mean, it has like, a dimmer switch. It has a dimmer switch. What would what it we do? Learned. I yeah. feel like if it stops uh, electrical appliances from working, it's some sort of dampening field. So if you continue to intensify the field, it would eventually shut down all electrical impulses, like, say, the neurons firing oh. in our brains. So he means to wipe out oh. all of whatever hemisphere this uh, pyramid is currently over. Oh. Interesting. See, I didn't read that. Yeah, that. well, uh, yeah. that's what I'm here for. That's why I got the some science guy sci-fi here. Sci-fi shit. So, mm-hmm. so can, can I just get to the, the ultimate highlight after they've decided everything is... Uh, you mean Cobra uh, Commander hopping behind uh, the Crimson oh. Twins like a five-year-old yeah. waiting to pee? Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. He instantly turns into a toddler, but I thought you were talking about... I was. <laughs> cows yes that's exactly what i'm talking uh, about yep. uh, yeah. <laughs> i i wrote this is exactly what my note says it says and they ride in on cows <laughs> <laughs> and i actually wrote out the end so i heard the ding 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 i'm like they can't be ca- there's <laughs> no way they're gonna open the door and there's gonna be fucking cows at the oh there's cows that makes sense and then he says, milk our ponies and give us a glass. Give us yeah. a glass. He sits down. He immediately holds court over the entire room. He goes, I rode in here on a goddamn cow. You will listen to what I have to say. I w- I, at first, I He's was resourceful. I was very much against that. But in retrospect, they have that laser disc that's going to tell them how to just, uh, stop this, uh, cube, this uh, pyramid of darkness. So, yeah. So the cow cavalry has shown up, as they say. Uh-huh. And can we just why don't we just call it a goddamn menagerie? Because <laughs> Snake Eyes has his wolf, and friggin' uh, uh, Shipwreck has his bird, and then they come in on cows to boot. Just I'm cause. gonna say this would have been this would have been about ten times more awesome if there had been two extra cows, one for Polly, one that Polly <laughs> was riding on. You know what? If that had happened, I would 100% be behind it. I would have no complaints. If they just had animals riding in on other animals. Chan, I'm still not convinced you're not 100% behind (laughs) it already. So I had to go back and look. I thought maybe there was a moment where like their ship crashed in a dairy. No. Or there was a farm in the background of anything. No. It's just they just happened to ride in on cows. No explanation. No or maybe maybe needed. in the director's cut, there's like an extended scene where oh. they end up in some sort of farm and, and <laughs> Shipwreck probably bones some farmer's daughter because uh-huh. apparently he's all about that That's and women are all about does. him. He yeah. likes the puss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess, and whose idea was it to ride in on the cows? Because I have a theory on this. I mean, I, it, it, I feel like it's always got to be Shipwreck. See, that was what I first thought. But then you changed your mind to Polly? Yes. <laughs> I believe that Shipwreck and Snake Eyes were like, man, we got to traverse this long distance. Mm-hmm. And then Polly's just like, ride the cows, ride the cows. I can see that because I could see Rawr. if you're an animal with a human sidekick, yeah. you would get real tired that they can't move as fast as you. It's true. Sure. Why then would they go for cows instead of 
Yeah, because cows, I mean, they're big beasts and what have you, but they don't move particularly fast. And honestly, that's true. If you got into a walking race with one, you're probably going <laughs> to win. <laughs> why not get bulls? I'll tell you they're why right now. Bulls. And that's because. As Shipwreck already alluded to, you can drink the milk, Ugh. and if everything goes wrong, you can eat them. Well, I was thinking, like, what happens to them now? Do they just become part of G.I. Joe headquarters? Oh, no, they're absolutely barbecue. No, absolutely. I think... Absolutely. I think, I think G.I. G. Joe has proven that they treat animals with respect. <laughs> no. You look, at the, you look at gung-ho. That motherfucker's <laughs> staring at those cows. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at some brisket. I'm some sweet-ass loin. Chan, this is where I need to drop a knowledge bomb on you. In season two, they introduce a character named the Iron Cowboy, and he has two cow sidekicks. Right. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm saying. All right. Don't shit me now. Don't I, fuck with me. I'm totally fucking this is, with you. Uh, I want that character to be true, though. The Iron Cowboy absolutely sounds like a thing that would show up in uh, Reagan's America. I'm just saying you this can't is still have, Reagan's America. You can't have this many animal sidekicks and then have other animals show up and eat them. Yeah. What? Oh, I see. I should say they like, respect animals too much. Right. Like, I think that they see animals as as equals. I will tell you what the precedent is. Goofy. And Pluto, Pluto. Pluto mm-hmm. both dogs, both existing in the same place. But to my knowledge, neither one got eaten. But I'm saying Had Goofy eaten are, Pluto, that would have been <laughs> messed up. There are gradations of animals here. There are people animals and there are animal animals. Those cows are animal animals, a.k.a. Um, lunch. I, I choose to think that they put them in their G.I. Joe pasture. Yes. And there's a G.I. Joe farm, assuredly. And I think that they probably taught them a a couple (laughs) of tactics, a couple of tricks. (laughs) They can fire laser beams from their horns. I will say this, and I I, I, this is actually written down for later uh, in all caps. It says uh, everybody gets to be a Joe. So I feel like it wouldn't be uh, beyond them to just like put a friggin uniform on them and like, yep, you're a Joe now. You fought Cobra. Some you you uh, You walked. You walked. So that counts. It, yeah, it, this is what I'm saying. This I, is the most lax uh, application process in the history of uh, no. s- secret ops. Guys, and, let me let me fast forward a little bit here because I to I, my favorite thing ever. Yeah, because I don't want to make Gina wait anymore for yeah. this. This is the thing she's been waiting five episodes for. We go, oh no, I do want to say that where oh, yes. was Snake Eyes like hiding that disc? He just whips that thing out. He didn't have pouches big enough for that laser disc. Where he's, the fuck was it? He's a ninja. You don't know what kind of stuff he's got going Thank on. Thank you. A mystical bag of holding was what I was going to say. Oh, is that what we're calling buttholes now? What I, call I was mine. thinking he's got he's Fair got enough. some some pockets sewn in his ninja suit and he keeps like uh, some mints in there and <laughs> Q-tips just in case. How skin tight that thing is. I mean, I think it's still in there. I think it's in there. Fine, move on. <laughs> Chan, stop dragging it because we go back to the space station where the Dreadnoughts have apparently been watching the Cobra Commander message on loop over and over and over again as they say it's even better in rerun. Uh-huh. That's that is weird, right? Like there's a there's a, a threat to destroy the world, and they just sit there and they vine it. I will say this. I will say this. The year was 1984. Uh, VCRs were still pretty hard to come by. DVR technology was light years away. Uh-huh. You uh, would have been impressed to have that technology. Like holy shit, I can press this button and it just straight records, and we can just watch it over and over again. Do you know how many times I watch Real Genius because of that? Also, I'll say that it's pretty, it's probably pretty boring up there. They it's don't have true. anything else to do. They right. get to ride their space uh, I think uh, vehicles. They're, they're, they're ATVs. <laughs> yeah. But I think ATVs. that that got played out, and they're like, what do you want to do? You want to watch that message over and over again? Eat some popcorn? Yeah. yeah. 
They probably played it slow, so Cobra Commander's yeah. talking low. And then oh. something fast, and then they go backwards. They did a like whole did. bunch of stuff. But yeah, later on in the episode, also uh, um, with Quick Kick, they're just mm-hmm. you know like, oh my god, listen to him talking backwards, like he's some sort of recording machine. They were super <laughs> excited about that. So that is what we learned about this episode is the people of 1985 are like completely obsessed with VCR technology. Yeah. yeah. This is a new thing, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new world. Mm-hmm. So, Gina, Mutt has Junkyard the dog, uh-huh. jumps over and grabs the whistle away from Torch. Again, again, another animal that can be trained and knows how to do stuff. Did nobody think to just shoot the damn dog? Oh my no. God, I hate you so much. No. At least put it in a kennel, a space kennel. Why would you just let the dog hang around? The uh, highly trained military. Because if you're any type of good person, They're you're not going to separate a dog and his owner. I don't They're care how evil you dogs. are. Thank you. Also, I feel like with the Zero G, that dog could be moving like tonnage all across the uh, the ship with just his nose, just shoving in giant, entire giant like uh, stacks of things. I mean, why not? Everyone likes having a dog around. I don't care who a you are. A pit bull? Yes. Yeah. A friggin' b- a monstrous, yes. violent pit bull? If I captured Wait an enemy and he had a pit bull, I would be like, oh. They have two dozen fatal fluffies. What are they carrying about one dog for? Like, the fatal fluffy that's, would just, like, whip the dog or something. That's true. They, I mean, they but also here we breathe go. fire. So Mutt gets the whistle back from Junkyard and blows it. And then, Gina, what happens next? They turn back into... My little tiny darlings. <laughs> and they immediately go to hug everyone's legs because they're so cute. Is that, are, is that what they're doing? They're hugging legs? I think they're hugging legs. I feel like they're humping them. No, they don't hump. I don't think, I don't think Fatal Fluffy's humping. <laughs> they have no sexual impulses <laughs> no. at that size. They only want to be everyone's friends. Mm-hmm. And Gina, you want to let the listeners at home know about the note that you uh, you wrote? I have. the the My notes say... Fatal fluffies are back! Exclamation point. Yes, and I have about seven S's written in there. <laughs> Handwritten. That's very nice. <laughs> so uh, the, my note was uh, oh, whistle control. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, Prince. I'm not a good Prince impersonator. Oh, okay. I'll be honest. I thought Prince had joined the podcast for just a yeah, moment there. You, did perfect. you really? Yeah. The fact that you're wearing oh, man, that outfit I, right now is even. I mean, yeah, it better. is purple. <laughs> it is. It is open down to uh, the belly button. Yeah. So. I mean, to be fair though, in this universe, um, "Party Like It's 1999" is a future song. That's true. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, mm-hmm. so they no, just, I have to think very hard. They, they take <laughs> back the space concept. station. Like for God's sakes, 1999 was 16 years ago. And we've had oh plenty of time to, to come to grips with that fact. We, what we have haven't. to get to grips with now is the fact that this is the year that Back to the Future 2 happens. Oh. Wait a minute. I thought that was every year for the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah, it still keeps going. Oh, oh, but yeah, it is yeah. legitimately October something 2015. Are you sure? So. Because people keep posting yeah. memes and it's been photoshopped every yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you can also go watch the movie and it will you will have you that know, information. I don't understand. That's, that's a lot of work. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather watch G.I. Joe. I I'd rather watch my, my boss on a loop giving, <laughs> giving orders to my enemies. <laughs> well, isn't that every man's dream? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the bad guys don't even try to fight back here. Nope. Once the fatal fluffies are turned, they're just like, ah, oh no, what well, do we do? The Joes are charging us. They don't even throw a punch. Well, they've already thrown their boss under the bus and got him chained up. So it's three of them against like 
15 to 20 Joes and no yeah. fatal fluffies to back them up. And they're not exactly known for their leadership I mean, abilities. they could have tried, is all I'm saying. I lost a lot of respect for them. <laughs> well, well, you had so much respect for the Dreadnoughts <laughs> up I, until this point. I, I mean, I the just, thing is... They were, they were Joes. They were Joes. Just Joes when the Fatal Fluffies were big and they were in control. But then Duke told them to put some yo back into their Joe. Oh. And so that's just a whole mm-hmm. other ball game. That's like, like if they were if there was a uh, drink that went along with this show and then like they came out with another drink like several months later and they were like now with more yo. Now with more yo. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm yeah. going to start uh making my bourbon cocktails and I'm going to start saying I'm going to put a little more yo in there. <laughs> I and wonder, you know what? It would be delicious. It would be so good. <laughs> I wonder if there was a chocolate milk called Yoohoo Joe or like yo, and it changes to like Yoho Joe. Oh yeah. Yoho. I guess you we, could sell Yoho Yoho in uh, uh, Mexico and just sell it as Yoho. We need to start <laughs> Googling old G.I. Joe products that they sold because I guarantee oh, you there yeah. were some probably some meals there were some snacks there was, there was, a, there was I, a cereal there was a cereal I had the lunchbox we need to order one of these on eBay and eat it and see how it is oh it's a several great idea years later no 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 you say several years <laughs> it has literally been several decades I'd now. still eat it it would several be a 30 year old cereal I at would, this point I'm not gonna lie I'd still eat it <laughs> I, you know what <laughs> I hate wasting food let's get on eBay I, I would have as well let's do this so they like no this is not a wood yes. ha- this is not a past tense thing Gina is actually suggesting that today we get on oh, eBay oh yeah oh I'm on board food. I, I, I'm on board Jen I'll eat whatever you put in front of me right now can we roll it in cream cheese <laughs> and oh why am I here so they let Duke out of his prison cell and th- uh-huh. this is a thing that really blew my mind a little bit and that's because they uh, they let Duke out of his cell. He high fives everybody, and then it's like, okay, we got it. And then he just presses one button. Couldn't <laughs> they have? If it was so important, couldn't they have pressed the button and then let Duke out of his cell? Like, why was it so important that Duke is There's the one? There's a chain of command here, man. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. There's a tie that binds. You can't fight that. And then the other question I had was, where is what happened to Scarlet? She was they there. Don't care. They they <laughs> they gang no, no, she they was... gang raped her and threw her out the airlock. Oh my goodness! Yeah, what the fatal fluffies or the dreadnoughts or both. Every, everyone and and the Joes. Train. They all just the, they all just look the other way. She is in the group that's running at uh, the dreadnoughts, so she's still alive. You know, oh yeah, she's still alive. She just doesn't get much screen time. You know what? I'm gonna say right now. I don't believe that's what happened. I believe that that one fatal fluffy that she was very friendly with remembered her, and they were going to do that to her, and that one fatal fluffy oh. intervened and saved Scarlet. I, that's why I love them. That's what I think that's happened. I love. I, I hope she takes one of them home. Are you writing fanfic? Like <laughs> yeah. fanfic? What do you, what do you mean writing? Oh, if have you, written. If you were, if you are, I mean this. This next scene is 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 pretty much right up your alley. When we get to see Destro and the Baroness just pre-sex, mm-hmm. almost just, into sex. There's, there's a well, lot of tension. They're standing on a boat on, on the prow of a boat. So I don't know that you've it's never quite had sex standing yet. on the prow of a boat, Chan. Uh, I'm just going to say this is going to be probably things we get chapped real quick. Um, super unpleasant. Is No, is there like a more like powerful romantic thing you could have? You literally have a boat with a giant cobra head. You have a whole team of people rowing and then just the two of you standing there. The Baroness has got to be looking at Destro being like, this fucking dude's got it going yeah. on. And he's looking at the Baroness being like, you're the fucking Baroness. You're a sex icon from the 80s. They're clearly they're the, clearly the, from the nows. I would still, I would, yeah, I would still. When their plans are going well, they're very turned on. Yes. And their relationship is great. So when their plans are succeeding, they're doing great. Yeah. Are are they planning to have sex in front of all the rowers? I think they would. I think they would. I think they're bad guys. They don't care what's going on. Plus, those are underlings. Minions don't judge. Yeah. How does that make a difference? Because, you know, like, they don't have any respect for the underlings. 
It's not like they're going to be like, oh, wait a second. We should. The underlings maybe don't want to see. So you're saying you're at work. uh, Your boyfriend comes over. The cleaning staff is there just like, you know, like doing the janitor stuff. You would have sex in front of them because they're underlings. So it doesn't matter. If I was an evil person, if I was if I was on the bad side. uh, Yes, that's what I would do. There is no question that if this if this were the world, you would be one of the bad guys. <laughs> None um, whatsoever. No, because I wouldn't <laughs> abuse the fatal fluffies the way the bad guys do. Well, clearly, whoever made the fatal fluffies, and I'm guessing it's Dr. Mindbender, oh, treated them okay. with gentle care. And it's only under these mercenaries. Mind you, they're not even Cobra. They're mercenaries. It's true. That uh, all of this badness happens. But maybe the fatal fluffies don't want to change into those beasts. <laughs> they're not giving them a choice uh they were very unhappy they were screaming as the whistle <laughs> was blown and they turned into the small things so they didn't I seem very happy about it, it yeah. they weren't happy the, about the about the change itself but they would like they would rather be in the tiny form really mm-hmm. i think i think this is you projecting right now that's <laughs> they were what I think. constant pain those cute little things and terrified always that's why they huddled huddled behind the dreadnoughts no they where just, would you go how terrified you have to be that the dreadnoughts are the people that you're. Uh, they wanted to be snuggled. They want to be snuggled. So, again, you go to the dreadnoughts for that. <laughs> you go to buzzer, ripper, and torch. They want to be snuggled by anyone that's nearby. They don't. They don't care. So, so Cobra Commander has a new plan because contingency plans. Everybody, mm-hmm. Cobra has them in spades. He says you got to make a low altitude pyramid of darkness. And by the way, stop making out on company time. Yeah, and, I'm tired of this. And then, the, and then uh, Destro's excuse was he was getting something out of the bear. Baroness's eye. I feel like with this his has happened. Dick. What? No, I don't think that's, that's what, how. No. That was the, that, was the, it, that got cut off. Like they they forgot to put that line in there. Like it, how long is his dick? Because they were standing. Recall they were standing. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, he was going to then force her head down and get her get it out of her eye yeah. with his Jesus dick. Christ, Gina. <laughs> You've got some... Uh, some tendencies um because <laughs> they're evil no it's because they're evil because they're evil sure. we're not supporting that behavior mind you uh but I mean, unless there's two consenting adults in which case they should do whatever they both enjoy together mm-hmm. they're building something mm-hmm. but what, what really killed me about this is that we have uh the close-up of them on the prow of the boat uh-huh. and they're making out and cobra commander chastises them and destra's like okay i'm gonna go do your thing cobra and then he turns and it becomes a wide shot of the actual ship uh-huh. And I'm thinking, so who's like recording the ship from a distance <laughs> that this is also in the feed that he can just switch over to it at any oh, time? Yeah, he's got he's got a guy with a little jetpack out there that's getting some getting some nice B-roll footage. <laughs> it's just he's getting the wide shots. Yeah. So I they mean, can insert it in. Uh, 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 it, ver- it seems very clear to me that Cobra was the one that pioneered the reality porn genre. That's <laughs> That's bangboat.com right there. Well, this actually this actually made me want to see what Destro and the Baroness do on dates because it could go one of two ways. It could either be very mundane and mm-hmm. then this is why they do what they do because they're like, well, if we didn't if we weren't, you know, doing our evil business, our relationship would just be boring all the time. It's like their their version of swinging. I have a or role play, role play. Doing, definitely the role. Well, like, why even do they even need to role play? Like they're they're already like <laughs> they're already Destro and the Bear. Exactly. Maybe they, maybe they role play as normal people. Like maybe she's a librarian. Well, if you're a normal librarian, no, no, not no, a no, sexy no. Librarian. 
She is a nurse. She's a nurse, and, and he's he a construction, construction worker. Oh, That's true. all right, all That's right. how they role play. Well, yeah, oh they go God, back to being Are they fucking normal? on that subway at the end of the episode? <laughs> See, this is how I picture a date with Destro and the Baroness goes, is that they're in their full regalia, <laughs> and then they sit down for a very quiet dinner while like a string quartet plays, oh, that seems and, and there's like it's candle lights, fancy. and it's like a seven-course meal from a, lot of a money, famous too. chef. Is, yeah. and this then, was all in your fanfic? Yes, and then they walk into the next room, and then they dress as a construction worker and a nurse and have freaking monkey sex. And? And in the corner is a homeless woman watching them. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's no homeless woman. No, it is not. That's no bag lady at all. Mm-mm. But we'll get, we'll get there in a little bit. So um, I also appreciate Cobra Commander in this, uh, in this scene right here. Uh, he goes full Three Stooges. He starts grabbing the twins <laughs> by their nose. He starts just like slapping them around. Hold There's like sec. doink sound effects. Hold on a sec. Uh-oh. You twin twaps. I'm back in command. <laughs> Boop. How is that a thing that happens in a military organization? There was another in interesting sound effect. I can't remember where it happened, but there was definitely like a splat noise, like a. Nope. <laughs> it was all of a sudden. There was also- go straight to the to the uh, to the gaffer's uh, zone. Oh, it was. It, it's it comes later on when the when the dreadnoks are are flying mm. are are pushed out the trash chute. One of them throws like a tomato oh, at the, the splat, window. Yep. And, it and there's a also noise. there's also a, uh, a tie fighter noise. On one of the really? Joe's jet fighters, not like, not even like a fancy, you know, like a high tech thing. On just a normal jet fighter. That actually, that actually brings me right into the next scene because it's it's the GI Joes on the ship, and there's some whistling American music underscoring the whole thing, which is totally <laughs> insane. I don't know if you guys noticed. I didn't it. notice that. It was like it was totally crazy sounding. This is the planning sequence of any. World War Two POW yeah. camp breakout. It's like it's just whistling. It's like, <laughs> like it's just like military whistling. So it's sort of like the bridge over the River Kwai. Yes, mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Yes. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. except that done by an eighties cartoon. <laughs> well, if, if before right before we get to the GI Joe, I had one more thought on the uh, the Cobra scene. Mm-hmm. Is that Cobra Commander is one hundred percent sure that nobody can actually do anything about his cubes because nobody knows where his base is. Now I'd point out there was a jumbo jet with a cobra head on it, stolen by three GI Joe people <laughs> right out of his backyard like two days ago. So how how that's they, that's wishful thinking, or that's him rewriting history because of his <laughs> he, he blocks things out that he doesn't enjoy. The number of times Cobra people said that's impossible. This episode <laughs> is literally countless. But, I cannot count the number of times because I will not go back and count them. It again, is- I picture the writing staff. One guy is is really wants to get in the buffet line, and he's like, "No, no, I need I need like an extra second of dialogue here. Oh, just that's impossible. I've already used that three times. Who cares? Print it. It's <laughs> it's apple cobbler day. <laughs> well, they're probably saying like this doesn't make any sense. Obviously, they're going to know that this is going to be a problem. They're like. No, just have him say this is impossible. No, no, but that doesn't, that's like character wise, it doesn't. <laughs> what did I just say? I, I think so it actually is like if you've seen the show Silicon Valley, it's like the guy running the Hooli Corporation, how, who nobody will give any bad news to. So he has this terrible product that doesn't work, and no department wants to be the one to tell him that it's not going to work. <laughs> and so, therefore, I think this is how Cobra Commander runs uh, Cobra in the fact that the, the jumbo jet with the Cobra head is missing. Mm-hmm. There are soldiers that went after it who we haven't found back again, uh-huh. and nobody will tell Cobra Commander about this at all. That's all one 
100% understandable. Crimson Twins smarter than that. And yet they have They the didn't same know problem. either. Yeah. They the same problem. No, no, no. There's, they, they would tell their underlings because they are separate. The Crimson Guard, completely separate from Cobra. That is correct. So Affiliated but not uh, owned by. They would know better. Yes, absolutely. Moving That's, on. So we move on to G.I. Joe headquarters where a helicopter has crashed through the, through the roof of the building. All right. Uh, show hands, which was the worst entrance of the episode, cows or helicopter. I mean, cows, cows was best. Cows was best. best I wish there was a cow entrance in every episode of G.I. Joe. I wish there was a cow entrance in every episode of everything. <laughs> I wish I would have entered this apartment on a cow. I don't. I don't because I don't want to clean that up. That is not something that would be. You know what I think? Me. Worth. <laughs> totally worth. So we get into. Well, we get into. We get in, Okay. Can we mention that for the most part, this show holds up time wise? It's uh, dated. In only a very few limited respects. We're already yeah. in a crazy-ass world that's, you know, um, like we didn't have Death Ray satellites back then, so it's all future weirdness anyway. The Gong Show. The they Gong bring Show. Up the Gong Show. Yep. And there, there's one of the few very dated pop culture references that they drop in this. Uh, um, and I didn't understand series. the point of even dropping that reference, because I don't think Quick Kick was actually on The Gong Show doing stunts. No, no, no. Or a martial was, arts demonstration. The point was to uh, mock uh, the Hollywood elite. Like, oh, yeah. look at this guy. He's an actor. He's probably been on the gong show. I mean, I'd still make Yikes. that reference today. Sure. <laughs> uh, a diminishing number of people will get it. I mean, I also greatly, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. So if you make the joke on Periscope, you'll just get a lot of blank stares. <laughs> I, I just like the fact that he's so proud of that reference that he's just, and a regular on the gong show. <laughs> Stop, everybody. This is how smart I am. <laughs> He's just so proud of himself, and now he doesn't even want to say anymore. He just wants to just drop his keys and just walk out of the room. But the Gong Show was the was the seventies uh, and eighties equivalent of America's Got Talent. Yes, except uh, the X Factor more deliberately geared uh, towards bad acts. Yeah, because you want well, to see them get gonged. Yeah. But I mean, I mean uh, but what there is was that? a good one every now and then that if it was out today it would be the Susan oh, yeah. Boyle of uh, American Idol has episode one uh, every season of just terrible, terrible singing that you can like spend that's two true. hours making fun of people. Right. That's the that's entire true. season of uh, of the uh, Gong Show. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's also the entire season of American Idol. Oh, for the record, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> and and going back to a point I made in episode one, so they introduce. If, yes. Actually, uh, I'm just going to take a quick sidebar here yes. and say that the reason why American Ninja Warrior doesn't work is because they don't have those early episodes with all the crazy people trying. Out. Oh, yeah. And if they did that more, I would watch the show. But also, I'm going to put it out there. The non-American Ninja Warrior course is much harder, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so much better. It's much harder. Much and those harder. dudes build that crap in their backyard and then practice yes. it. Mm-hmm. Well, don't they already have that show, though? It's called Wipeout. Yeah, that's true. That's don't when you even, see crazy don't people. Even, don't even. It's basically an American do Ninja not, Warrior. Do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. I think that. Chan's going to hit me, Gina. I will shut this shit down right now. <laughs> I ain't even playing. So... <laughs> They get, the quick kick walks into the room and all the other Joes are just like, hey, who's your friend? Never minding the fact that he was there at Joe headquarters in yeah. episode one. But uh, <laughs> but also they don't really care about the fact that he's now privy to military <laughs> secrets. I'm sorry. What? Everybody gets to be a Joe. Even the cows. <laughs> as long as the cows don't get killed, I'm fine. <laughs> and I don't have my timeline quite together, but they ask him for like, I'm wondering if this is maybe on purpose because they knew that they were running short of time on this episode and they had a lot of shit to get to. They're just like, quick kick, as fast as possible. Recap <laughs> your entire life. 
And well, then he sounds like the Micro Machines guy, John Fasita. He was he great. Tried. Is he that was what he great. was channeling right there? Yeah, it was big in the 80s. Yeah. Talking Fast was big in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Fast talking. So, But then, as you've said before, VCR technology, not to restate your earlier point, but then they make no, it rewind. Restate it and it pretend again. like you thought of it first. That's what I do, Chan. <laughs> Gracious. <laughs> So now we're all caught up. All the people at Joe headquarters are now all, and the space station's back. I feel like the Joes are mounting a massive comeback right now, despite the fact that there's a low-level or low-altitude pyramid of darkness still working. I mean, you heard the whistling, right? (laughs) Obviously. It's the rallying scene. Yeah. It's time to come. So it's time for the final big battle, everybody. There's got to be a final battle, right? Yep. Sure. So you got to bust out every Joe possible and go to Cobra Temple. Which I think is a theme in probably half the episodes of G.I. Joe. Yeah. Who knew that Cobra yeah. was a religious organization? I'm unaware. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. They are evil. So <laughs> wow. just All religion is evil. Is that what you're saying, Gina? You're going to alienate that much of our audience? Stay tuned. I feel like I've already episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And that's our episode. Thanks, everybody. Good night. <laughs> we're, ch- uh, we're changing the, episode, uh, the podcast name to God is Dead, the podcast. So. <laughs> Welcome back to G.I. Joe, knowing us half the podcast with Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. So I will say that when Co- Cobra, th- their response to this attack is to take out a machine that gives them heat stroke. Yes. The Cobra Dragon is what they call it. So the weapons are so very specific. It gives them heat stroke so that they're too sleepy to attack. I, I actually asked the question here in my notes. What exactly does the Cobra Dragon do? <laughs> it what, Like one of them says, oh, heat stroke, no energy. So it's just like I get. I would like to see... Several minutes later, them sitting in lawn chairs, just <laughs> yeah. with iced teas and talking about their day, and that's what it is. It just gives them heat stroke, and they go, oh, I just need to get my second wind here, and Martha. Then, <laughs> and then Roadblock is the guy who always takes off his towel and just lets it flap in the breeze. Yeah. You know, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I will say, I mean, they Cobra Commander did say that he wanted them to be finished off with the Cobra Dragon, uh-huh. so I feel like... It actually uh, some sort of some sort of heat ray that uh, perhaps only may or may not only work on human bodies. So the idea is it just raises your core temperature until you die. But that which uh, is, that theory is shot when it's knocked on its back and destroys and the destroys cavern, the, the ceiling. stone well, ceiling. Yeah. Speaking of uh, shout outs to previous episodes, <laughs> Chan, would you like to talk about the method that G.I. Joe uses in order to defeat the Cobra Dragon? I'm sure you, you know have what? an emotional I'm, let's, response. Let's, <laughs> we're going to step back. I need to collect myself for this and talk for a moment about the very strange status dynamics of Cobra because... Things have failed, and so Cobra Commander once again seizes control mm-hmm. because the way you seize control in Cobra is to say, I'm in command now. And all of a sudden, the uh-huh. twins who were running Cobra, the entirety of the organization of Cobra <laughs> right. 30 seconds before are now turning the cranks to turn the waterfall off. Yes. You'd think that they would have, I don't know, laborers for that thing, if not a button it's to their turn punishment. these things off. It's their punishment. And also, I will say this. It's just like any... It's just like the Sith. If you can't hold on to power, mm-hmm. then you got to do... Then you I understand do that. Work. That makes sense to me. But like such a, such a great... Because that is about as... That is just above mopping floors, is turning the cranks to turn off the waterfall. That's their punishment. 
They got there's got to be a punishment for for their coup. Guys, either that or they are real leaders. Now think about this: how why are all these Cobra soldiers and these rank and file who get boned in in front of? Oh, uh, why are they so loyal all the time? And that's because the leaders of Cobra get down into it and do the hard job. There's a difference it's, between a boss yeah. and a leader. It's the Ned Stark method that if you're going to kill a man, do it yourself. That's They're right. Very egalitarian mm-hmm. in that way. And uh, and this is why they're able to just have like underground subway tunnels and uh, uh, yeah. seven foot door watch Every- and. Robots. Everyone pitches in. Because they themselves probably uh, knocked out that first few uh, pickaxe uh, yeah. strikes. The yeah. Cobra commander showed up under there with a shovel, mm-hmm. and he absolutely had a groundbreaking ceremony yeah. that had to be completely secret, but he did it anyway because uh-huh. he didn't have to. That man is a leader. He is a commander. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The fucking yodel. <laughs> <laughs> what in God's name? What? Uh, uh, it's clearly, clearly, unequivocally... He is a superhero yes. with powers beyond the ken of mortal man. Well, but they all can do it. Yes, they join in with him. The three of them uh, have apparently, the other two have also apparently learned this technique <laughs> while piloting uh, the plane. But or it, uh, No, it was a helicopter. Uh-huh. On the helicopter ride, he's like, oh yeah, all you got to do is just go like, Say oh yeah at the end of it, and, <laughs> and it takes down anything explodes. in your path. It's not yeah. as simple though as it is in the Antarctic when you can just knock that stupid snow over. They have to amplify their voices That's with true. speaker system because it's rock. I do. Yes. I do appreciate that they thought of that. Yeah. Oh, uh, he couldn't just normally yodel and have it come down. That would be stupid. Yeah. So something with the uh, sonic kinetic energy mm-hmm. necessary mm-hmm. to shear off an enormous chunk of rock that just happened to be o- directly over the Cobra Dragon uh-huh. is and is completely undirected because not not only do, do they just have normal PA speakers, but they're circling they're around. Yeah. They're right. moving. They're spinning, <laughs> which means that energy is being directed towards all the Joes around them, the trees around them, everything within uh, whatever that is, a quarter of a mile radius, should likewise be shattered into pieces. Except for the fact that all the Joes are suffering heat strokes. They're lying on the ground, and that sound is going up. Oh, I see. So heat and sound both travel upwards. They rise. That's simple physics, Chan. So that's that's why uh, in a room, like, say, we're recording a podcast, Uh uh, we should be talking down into the microphones because then the sound just rises up above our heads and just... Hovers there. Hovers up there, up the ceiling. So if we went up to the ceiling, it would be much louder up there. That's why people don't live on the ceiling. It's hot, it's loud. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Lionel Richie would beg to differ. (laughs) Well, he's just. But he wanted it. He wanted that music loud and he wanted it hot for all the ladies to be melting around him. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is. So the party is uh, literally on the ceiling. Here's a side point. And this is Alpine's yodeling is clearly the most powerful power in the entire universe. Right. Like there is no superpower greater than Alpine's yodel. Mm -hmm. G.I. Joe is a Marvel entity. It existed in Marvel comic books. And so here's my question. If Galactus is coming to destroy the Earth, Mm -hmm. do you send Alpine who's part of the same universe, to yodel him away. I would argue that he has the same power level as Black Bolt of the Inhumans. Huh. And, Interesting. Uh, not Galactus level, certainly. The world leaders are just on a completely different... Uh, but also, there, there's... What if it was... So what if you got him in a room with... Uh, who's the X-Men that screams? Banshee. Banshee, but also there's another one. Oh, I'm thinking of Vertigo, Siren. who can also... Oh. Who, but that's that's a totally different voice power. But if you got... If you got him and Banshee in a room. Mm-hmm. Would it kill the whole world? <laughs> would the core of the earth rupture? Yeah. If they I mean, directed it at the same place. 
Let's see. I just want to say I'm glad nobody tried because I like living. Thank goodness there was no crossover. Yeah. Because uh, there were Marvel comics, but tech, they weren't part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, it said Marvel on the cover, sir. Therefore, in some way, part yeah, of the Marvel also Universe. Star Comics had Marvel on the cover, and yet you don't see um, the popples in any of the... Oh, uh, God, I wish I did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the X-Men. I had thought of the popples in roughly two decades, Chad. <laughs> and now I'll go. never stop thinking about them. I think of them every weekend, just like the Fatal Fluffies. <laughs> if I could see popples and Fatal Fluffies frolicking in a forest together, I would die. If you could flip a <laughs> Fatal Fluffy into a little oh ball. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't, no, please don't. I don't want to have to watch that chair. <laughs> I think it's too late, Chan. Oh, damn it. It's definitely too late. <laughs> oh, Squirt and Gina ruin everything. <laughs> oh, so they run into the... Uh, they, they they defeat Cobra Temple. Uh-huh. They're, they got Cobra on the run already, and Shipwreck and the crew run into the main control room, mm-hmm. and they th- say to himself, hey, I wonder where the possibly where possibly the self-destruct switch can be found. Meanwhile, there's one door in this room, and it's got a giant Cobra symbol on it. That would be... That and Polly, be the Polly's the one that figures it out. Accidentally. Polly isn't even trying. Polly's just lazy. No that way. Was not no way. That was not accidental. Polly said Polly pulls the lever. Yeah, because there's one giant red lever in the whole place. I heard it different. I heard it as Polly's pooped <laughs> and then hit the lever by accident. Oh. Can we get verification on yeah, this, Chan? Yeah, let's get verification. Polly pooped. I heard it as Polly pooped. Oh, see, I heard it as Polly pooped. just went up 10 crackers a week. We'll come back to that in a sec. <laughs> yes. Uh, I heard Polly who. Oh, I heard Polly But that doesn't polls. make as much sense. So I, we have three options here. Polly who, Polly polls, and Polly's pooped. So and it literally could be comments. any of that. Like what you think it is. I think Polly yeah. polls because he was like, duh, idiots. Obviously, there's a lever here and a door. <laughs> Polly's going to pull. And Polly's the smartest one in the room, yeah. to be fair. Uh, yeah. Somebody, uh, we need to get closed captioning on this to figure it out. So go to Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast and let us know what you think Polly said in episode five of the Pyramid of Darkness. Can we get back to the part where apparently Polly uh, uses crackers like cigarettes in jail? <laughs> uh, his allowance has been his allowance, not his food rations. No, his allowance has been up ten crackers a week. <laughs> that means he is trading it to other birds of for what, for presumably bird sex. I would think sexual and, favors. Like, like yeah, whatever. There's a cockatoo. He's had his eye on. <laughs> he's trying to dominate. It's no. As we find out later. Other birds aren't sexually his thing. Oh, that's a good point because he wants to get with satin. <laughs> yeah, he wants that sweet, sweet he satin wants, make he wants out. Some human puss. And I did not write that down, so I don't. <laughs> oh, apparently I, I skipped right oh. over. Well, that's that's way towards the end sex. of this. So what I would say though, it is at the same time that shipwreck grabs his beak for the third time in five <laughs> episodes, and yeah. he says, "I will not let you make out with my new girlfriend, Satin." But we're getting way ahead of ourselves yeah. already. Uh, Ten crackers a week. Why even have a self destruct button that blows up all the cubes? Uh, you worked really in, hard making those in cubes. In case, in case it's taken by the enemy. In case it's in case the Joes. What are the Joes going to do with a pyramid of darkness? Exactly. Any, anything they want. Anything they want. So his 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 <laughs> problem is is a one world government not run by him. Exactly. exactly. I also had it in all caps. Who put self destruct mechanisms in their machines? No. I, to me, I thought that. I thought that at first, and then I said, "Oh well, of course." 
they're going to put self-destruct buttons in everything because they don't want anyone else getting in, getting control of it. Or another supervillain could get a hold of it. But couldn't they just beat that supervillain and get it back? I, I mean, mean, way easier just to just to start anew. With I way easier. <laughs> this has been the culmination of years of work. But it teaches underground railroads. But here's the thing: it teaches people that they are not to be trifled with because even if you overcome them, they will cut off the head of their own organization maybe cut the head off the snake to spite its tail how does that (laughs) so no also they are an unlimited fundage organization so i guess really just poop on that money plus we've seen that half of the fun of their lives is planning and then implementing said plan yes Accomplishing said plan would be a pleasant after product. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. That's why they're they're probably they're probably going to destruct it either way. <laughs> they might once just they, do it once they achieved it for a little while. They'd be like, "I'm bored now. Let's destroy it and start from scratch and think of another world domination plan." That's what I'm with Doctor Doom in the comics. He conquered the world twice and both times got bored and said, "Yeah, here's your world back. I'm gonna I have more fun conquering it than I do running it." But also, it's it it. It's even crueler if you let humans get their hopes back up again. Like you can, you can totally dominate them, and then wait until there's no crops because it's super dark and nothing, and then shut it down, and then watch as they go. Oh, we must rebuild, and then as soon as they rebuild, start it over again. It's like an anthill. Exactly. Okay. My goodness, I do appreciate Cobra Commander, and one of my favorite quotes, maybe of all GI Joe, is he's throwing a temper, straight up just temper tantrum in the cockpit of the Crimson Twins airplane as uh-huh. he's flying away, and he just screams, "I." I hate this job. <laughs> I did enjoy that. That's that's when he that's the moment that he created a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> CEO Cobra International. Previous employment. <laughs> also work for the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> what? So uh, they're being chased now. So the, the Cobra Rattler plane with the uh, Crimson Twins and Cobra Commander being chased by Flint and Lady J. Uh-huh. And then there's a really weird moment as they're flying around and they're being chased when there's two planes. Very clearly they've mapped out. There are two planes, one by Flint, one by Lady J, and they're, and they're chasing behind. And then there's one piece of animation where you see the Rattler go and then one plane and then two planes. And then a third plane miraculously happens behind that. Well, they had the entire USS flag behind them. Yeah, know, that's true. This is true, but had they even launched yet? I just Because that third plane is never seen again. And I'm just wondering if it maybe horrifically crashed in the <laughs> middle of the city. And like we just don't talk about that because that's... The, oh, Cobra did that. It was just a soldier taking it for a joyride. Like, that's all it was. He had nothing to do with the pursuit. And then I'm sure you guys had the same thought I did as um, as Flint is flying towards, and we go to a little cliffhanger commercial break for this uh-huh. moment as he's flying his airplane straight at Enterprise Towers. Oh yeah, Twin and then you, you look right in the windows of the thing and you see the plane coming in, and yeah, a couple that, decades later that, that has a completely different feeling. That wouldn't fly today. <laughs> It would definitely not fly today. <laughs> Ooh, I just kind of saw that. I went, this is making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but, then, but then luckily one of them transformed. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to have that horrible imagery in our brain anymore. Nope. No, just the just the tower falling down, just <laughs> collapsing and finding uh, something yeah. underneath uh, a secret uh, uh, conspiracy. 
So underneath. <laughs> well, now Tower we're in the, seven. the third act of the fifth episode of five. And so this is the part where Cobra's got to start retreating. This uh-huh. is the part where they've got to start uh-huh. like recircling their wagons, getting away. This is the part where there is a huge secret, a huge surprise for the Joes in store for them. That's right. Yeah. We I haven't sh- had a giant explosion yet. The last two minutes of this episode are the best in the world. <laughs> the, the huge surprise that we've come up to is an indestructible rocket that will let's see it's good it's going to be a huge surprise for gi joe because this huge rocket is going to um what's it going to do chan it's gonna well it's indestructible obviously cannot be destroyed so so you have this rocket that's in space that's completely indestructible and the joes won't be able to i'm just gonna say it worked for dr evil and austin powers did he win in any of the the Uh... <laughs> what was their goddamn plan? What was the surprise? They were going to go up in space and regroup. Regroup on that, a rocket? That was their I huge mean, surprise. That's the coolest like, place to regroup. We're going mean, to fuck these Joes over. I bet it's by, got a lot of leaving. cool foods on there. If they launch the rocket at the space station, that makes sense. Like, we're going to blow up their space station. At least we're going to get some of our heat back. Except for the fact that Cobra Commander and the twins are riding inside the rocket at the time. I'm throwing things. I think they just need a second to collect their thoughts, mm-hmm. have a powwow. Mm-hmm. They need some me time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have that in space. Well, clearly they're not because Saturn has infiltrated the ship. That, where did she even come from? I love her though. I love that she's. I love that. I love her, Moxie. <laughs> she's she's riding the elevator, just like waiting for him. And I'm wondering because she could have been up there already trying to mess stuff up. But she's like, I bet shipwreck and snake eyes are coming. Sure. Yeah. I bet so they're on the way. I'm gonna hang around here and just hope that somebody shows up. And she's flavored. She hasn't tried to find more comfortable clothes at this point. She's still in that dress. Must smell terrible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's has, true. Does anybody change clothes in this show? Uh, only Bazooka, as we established. Oh. He will put on a jacket if it's cold. <laughs> uh, and then she finally gets her revenge when she says, this is for messing with my father. Yep. Cobra Commander needs to work out. Like, he gets absolutely just manhandled by a, what, five foot four? By, yeah, and by every Lounge singer? In general. Because she just grabs him by the head and just starts slamming him against the control panel. I think, now, what are the odds that Cobra Commander is, is a Tom Hanks-esque character in Big who got big... <laughs> And and now is Cobra Commander because Ooh. his he, he has none of the mannerisms of an adult human being. No, he yeah. only has the body of an adult. Yeah. However, he does have the vocabulary of a seventy-five-year-old <laughs> employee of Webster. Uh, well, also we never see his face, so it's entirely possible that there is a just a very tiny man inside, kind uh-huh. of like a uh, um, a Krang or yeah, some sort true. of master blaster situation. I was going to say there could be a master blaster situation going on here. I, I think it's even deeper than that. Can I give you guys a little bit of a theory I have on uh-huh. this? All right, Cobra Commander is Satin's father. I thought the same thing myself. Cobra Commander mm. is Satin's father, framed for a crime he didn't commit and went away. He's her number one fan. Oh. Mm-hmm. A bit like in The Watchmen, like the comedian and yeah. Silk Spectre mm-hmm. kind of a, a uh-huh. thing happening right there. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why she hates him so much is because he is so much like her father, but can't place it because she can't see the yeah, face. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a Luke Skywalker true. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're I welcome, would love everybody. that. I don't think that they're clever enough writers for that. Absolutely not. J- just for the record, not Chan, either. you didn't say that before I came up with it, right? <laughs> no, you're okay. good. You're good. <laughs> I get ahead of myself. Thought it didn't actually come out of my mouth. You said it first. <laughs> We're in the clear. Is and it? Can we talk about the last two minutes where they're on the where they're where they're all where Cobra Commander is disguised yet? 
Uh, almost there. Let me let me get a couple of quick things. Oh, um, I'm, so, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Can I do a, just a quick check to see if there are any other people who joined G.I. Joe this episode? Because I feel like half of I mean, Enterprise City yeah. is now part of G.I. Joe. definitely. Because yes. Satin goes, yo, Joe. Right. She finally figures like, it out. Shipwreck is like, yo, Joe, indeed, or whatever he says, which I think is code for I just got a boner. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So a couple of quick hits real quick. Uh, Cobra Commander has one, another one of my favorite quotes when he's pissed off at the Crimson Twins and he says, I wish you were triplets so I could hit more of you, <laughs> which is so smart and so fun. Yeah. I giggled and rewound it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> and so the space lay. OK, so just getting back to what Chan said in ep- early episodes one and two um, with the we know that the. Space Station Delta has a space laser on it. Uh-huh. We have this instruct- indestructible rocket going towards it. So naturally, Chan, we haven't had an explosion yet. Uh, proton beams fully charged. <laughs> Launch the space laser uh-huh. and have a giant space explosion. You, ha- I mean, you have to. I mean, this is right after Empire Strikes Back was a yeah. thing. You yeah. need a space explosion of some kind. Uh-huh. And of course, everybody escapes. Everybody's back to normal. The Joes have won the day. Cobra organization is in shambles. The Dreadnoughts are in a garbage pod. They're uh-huh. in a garbage pod. Uh-huh. Uh, traditionally, I would think that uh, if you fill up a pod with garbage in space, <clears throat> that's intended to burn up on reentry. Yes. So the yeah. Dreadnoughts are dead. Uh, <laughs> that would be, that would make sense. I that believe that they're sense. actually in orbit around the Earth, and that Zartan will just go collect them when he feels like it. Oh, when they've learned their lesson, so yeah. they're just eating garbage. Yeah, I would think that they would be eating remnants of garbage. There's only so much oxygen. In, uh, of course, it's an ex, ex, uh, garbage pod, so there's no reason to have life support systems. That's so they true. would quickly freeze. I would just like to say a fitting fate for the people that would do that to Gina's fatal fluffies. Yes, for but the record. Also, where'd the fatal fluffies go? Because I want them to be okay. I think Scarlet took them in. Good. <laughs> She's got a little rant. And yeah. put them in the airlock. Um, one other quick thing before we get to all the greatest parts of the last two minutes uh-huh. that I noticed uh-huh. is that all the G.I. Joe troopers have all the Cobra troopers and they're parading them through the streets <laughs> of Enterprise City somehow. Like Cersei in Game of Thrones? Yeah. It's their shame walk? <laughs> it's their walk of shame. 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 <laughs> None of them are naked, which makes this much less interesting. <laughs> And I just was like, what kind of like, what what are we doing? Are we the good guys or the bad guys? <laughs> like, we're parading them through the city at gunpoint. They're going to put them in the gallows and have people throw right. throw tomatoes at them. <laughs> we're, we're just taking them to the mass grave that we're just going to put their bodies in. <laughs> like, what are we doing? This is terrible. Um, and then, of course, and here we go. This is what we've been wanting to get to. Are we talking much. about Shipwreck saying that he uh, knows uh, he, he, Shipwreck works alone? Shipwreck does yeah. work alone. That's yeah. another good the point. He's alone working G.I. Joe he work, in the organization. He works alone when he's getting the puss is what he means, Chan. <laughs> I bet Polly watches. What are you talking about? I, that's, Polly, I bet he does, too. Polly is the dictionary definition of a wingman. What is, oh, <laughs> nice. Wow, it just happened. What is Polly? What's Polly's exact words? Does he say Polly wants some, too? Polly, too. Polly, too. Oh, so so Satin kisses Hold on. Shipwreck. Oh, let's, uh, do we have that queued up, Chan? Yo, Shipwreck. Yeah, so so she gives she plants one on shipwreck and then Polly aggressively hot and bothered. See, here's the problem. It's totally normal for girlfriendish type person to go, what an adorable puppy. Kiss it. Yeah. What adorable bird. Kiss it. Uh, but the fact that <laughs> the context that has been established <laughs> here is that Polly is far beyond a normal pet. Yeah. So it does gain a sexual context. Uh, yeah. Polly wants to slip her the tongue. Uh-huh. And the beak. 
Polly no. wants to fertilize her eggs. No. Oh. If she turns up with bird flu in the next episode, we know some weird crap went down. Dang. Here's a weird thing. I don't think Satin ever shows up again. <laughs> if I can just go ahead and put that out there. That, uh, that's a bummer because so far she is a good character. Yeah. A good female character. Love him and leave him shipwreck is Man. sort of his thing. Anyway, this is my favorite part here with my favorite line of the whole, 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 so whole. This is series. on the subway. This Cobra's the regrouping. Subway. Cobra's regrouping. He's dressed as a crazy homeless lady. Well, so really quick, the, the, as we've already established here, the outfits. Baroness is dressed as a nurse. Uh-huh. Destro is a construction worker. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cobra Commander is a bag lady with a blonde wig. Yeah. And Tomax and Zaymot are businessmen. <laughs> yeah. They just not even try. They're just their normal selves. <laughs> well, because even this far back, uh, they're untouchable. They're too yeah, big they're, to fail. They're too, they're too badass to even try. Mm-hmm. I like, they appear on national TV worldwide <laughs> with terrorist markings on, like, you know, basically Al-Qaeda stuff. They're not masking their faces. Everybody knows who they are and they say, we're the Crimson Twins and we're in control. I mean, and then they just go back to work the next day. This is not surprising. This is how our system works. They're, yeah. they're the cops that have been shooting people mm-hmm. and nothing bad happens to them. And then there are white-collar criminals who... Uh, take everyone's money and they'll, then don't get prosecuted. They'll spend 18 minutes in a minimum security prison, maybe. I bet they'll just pay a fine. I bet yeah. they'll pay a small fine. Not yeah, even yeah. them. Their corporation will pay a fine. What yeah, was that? Was that bank that, that bank that uh, bankrolled terrorists and oh. then nobody <laughs> went to jail for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. It's not that far. Fa- in the world of G.I. Joe, it's the least far-fetched It's the most realistic <laughs> it's the most real. So all of this has been established, Gina, and? And my favorite line of, of the entire world in the world <laughs> Is is uh, Destro and the Baroness are are bickering at each other because, of course, we know that they, their relationship is only good when their plans are succeeding. Correct. And I will sh- argue that, like news radio, it's sometimes hotter when they're uh, <laughs> uh, arguing and fighting. That just intensifies the uh, sexual flames for them. I, that's that's possible. They could they could maybe have some hot sex on this subway. <laughs> And then the Baroness says, don't become hostile with me. We have a relationship. <laughs> we have a relationship. They have a relationship. And that is the best thing I've ever heard for so many reasons. <laughs> because, first of all, does she know how relationships work? <laughs> They're 90% hostility. <laughs> that's fact. And I think... I, I think that's uh, 80s speak. There's a particular meaning to the word relationship. Because I was just watching <laughs> Repo Man uh, the other week, and it was the same sort of thing at the end. She's like, Otto, what about our relationship? <laughs> and that's just before he hops on the thing. He's like, fuck that. And that's, th- that's the thing, is that a relationship is the thing that ties you down. And it is uh, domesticity. And it is the end of your career as... Um, <laughs> As a you know, like as a go getter, as an '80s Reagan-esque go getter. Because once you're in a relationship, that's it. But you, but you can't become hostile. Don't become hostile. Oh, (laughs) but also not hostile. Yeah. I know that you're the baron of an Eastern European organization and also a weapons manufacturer, but don't become hostile. Become hostile with me. (laughs) We have a relationship. Best line ever. I will say that uh, this this episode had a lot of ladies. It had Satin, the Baroness. It had Lady J. Cover girl shows up but doesn't speak. Oh, really? She was there for a millisecond. Oh, at didn't, the, uh, didn't see her. I believe at the uh, Cobra Temple battle. She's sure there charging a, in. An accident like quick kick. It also could have been an accident like quick kick. Who's the other? Scarlet was Scarlet. there. Scarlet. Bechdel test failed. Ah, oh, come on. Episode five. 
I mean, to be fair, I mean, I guess episode three had the most women only because there were seven of the snake dancers. Yeah, yeah. Snake dancers so far, five out of five. But Del Test fail. I will say right now, I was looking to, we're making some memes for the show. Uh-huh. So hopefully you guys are appreciating that out there in podcast land. I know. I, I found one screenshot. Okay. Uh-huh. It filled me with so much hope. It was a screenshot of like a parking lot with like two cars. Uh-huh. And it's literally Lady J, Scarlet, and CoverGirl, and no one else around. But then you, I, you see them take off their faces and they're all just different. <laughs> male G.I. Joe characters <laughs> fooled you I just I don't know what this where this shot came from where it's referencing and whatnot and just saying there's hope that something is going to pass the Bechtel test it sounds like there's a possibility that was photoshopped by someone who just wanted to see them all like all the hot ladies of G.I. <laughs> Joe yeah, in one spot were they all in bikinis <laughs> uh, that is actually episode 12 the one I looked it up because the episode I'm sure passes the Bechtel test is episode 12 it's actually coming up sooner rather than later which by the way I would like to point out when we took bets, I think I, I think my my number was 18. Yep. And yep. you guys had something like 50 and 80 or something. I thought this episode came much later when they had given up. And it turns out this was part of their opening salvo of ideas. <laughs> episode 12, panties in a bunch. <laughs> episode 12, Baroness in a bikini. The entire episode. Nice. So look forward to that. All right. So and then. Oh, so we have one more thing here really quick to get to. So the day's over. Flint and Lady J are doing their really aggressive, like, flirting in their cockpits. And basically, Flint finally asks Lady J out on a date. Somewhere somewhere nice. Somewhere sassy. Somewhere mm-hmm. like the Joe Commissary. Mm-hmm. And what, what could be so bad about that, Flint? The food. Boom. Boom. Are they eating MREs in there? I mean, like, what? I would think that if it's the commissary, there's people really making the food. I mean, they're government work employees, though. So it's probably just as good as prison food. <laughs> Got them sweet benefits, though. What are you talking <laughs> about? I would fear. So I don't understand. Is he then saying, uh, let us pull back from this romantic relationship and instead just be friends or coworkers or in some no, respect? I no, I think he's benefits. saying, let's get our romance where we can get it. Right. We don't leave Joe headquarters much, so why not just, you know, enjoy a meal at the commissary? Right, but that is the most public place they could do it. So he's trying to tell the other Joes, back off. Yeah, I don't think they care. I think he's, I think he's marking his territory. Weird. <laughs> well, we already established in an earlier episode that there's a very real chance she's his secretary and that he kind of started this relationship. Oh. And maybe he's what he's saying is, hey, you know, I think there's this personal relationship that can actually happen from this outside of the weirdly physical one we already have. And maybe let's just intertwine the two worlds right now and just make it like a total thing. I wonder if all the people that are having relationships have to uh, file a form with. Oh, assuredly. I wonder if Destro and the Baroness had to. Just fill out a form and put it on file in no, case anything happens. Absolutely not, because Cobra Commander is, quote, stunned, stunned when he sees them together like that. But, he has no idea that the two of them are in any way. But he might engaged. just not be up on the paperwork. Well, it could also be that he is an eight year old who got transported <laughs> and just, ew, gross. Yeah, They're yeah. kissing. Yeah, ew. That's, that's my theory. I think it's going to pan out one of these times. <laughs> I think there's a lot to work with there. He's been, he's been bigged. Am I? I, f- I feel it's like. It's a verb now. <laughs> Uh, as a kid, probably the one I identified most with was Cobra Commander. Yes, uh-huh. and in retrospect, it, it makes sense because, like, I, you know, very much was like that. Uh, I mean, also I had a thing for heels rather than uh, faces, so I'd never liked the GI Joes. W- what does it but, say, Chan? That I'm still like that, and I still totally identify with Cobra Commander. It says it says you have also been bigged. I've been bigged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. It all makes sense now. <laughs> Explains why I can't remember what happened the last 30 years. And all I want to do is talk about G.I. Joe. <laughs> 
So, well, folks, that's going to wrap up the pyramid of darkness right there. Uh, we got all kinds of contact information. You can find us. Thank you so much for listening and coming with us for the first five, as we'll, we'll call them, the first five episodes to hopefully be five. released on. <laughs> Stop it. To be released on July 4th, Independence Day. Yeah. Here in the United States. What better way to celebrate Independence Day than by staying home and listening to G.I. Joe podcasts, everybody? That's the most American thing you can do. Yep. You could fire up a ballpark Frank in your stove mm-hmm. or cook it on the. Just one. Just one. Just one. Ballpark just Frank. Just, and not even with a bun. Yeah. It's the. It's. Yeah. Don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but don't put ketchup on it either because that would be just terrible. But anyway, there's contact information to find us. Uh, you can, of course, contact the show knowing is half the podcast at gmail.com. You can go to knowing is half the podcast.com, our website, or. Like us on Facebook. Boy, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Do that, and we'll post things, and if you if you comment, we'll respond, because uh, this is a small operation. <laughs> uh, it's, you're not going to get a faceless uh, co- customer service drone responding to you. You'll get one of the three of us. Much <laughs> like the Cobra organization, the leaders take charge on every aspect uh-huh. of the organization. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And so, also, we have unlimited funds just like them, yes. and we will be yep. building uh, a weather dominator in the future if the uh, Kickstarter goes through. I've oh. been experimenting on animals to create a fatal fluffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. far, it's been d- a disaster. <laughs> and um, I've just started wearing... Do not go into Gina's bathroom. <laughs> no. That's all I've just started wearing a hood everywhere uh-huh. yeah. and, a, and a double-breasted suit, and so far, no one's complained. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's uh, better than better than better what, than what it was before. What yeah. it was before. My face. I, <laughs> you oh. mean uh, a hustler casino T-shirt and shorts? Uh, that's what he. <laughs> this is the new look, everybody. <laughs> I mentioned that I'm imported from a seven-year-old, right? <laughs> I don't. The cat's out of the bag now. I may as well let it run free. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you can contact us on Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. That's all fantastic. So thank you guys so much for listening. Check out our mini sode. We're going to talk a little bit more about this episode and tell you what's coming going forward. Thank you guys so much for listening and good night. Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.